Welcome to Cancer Docs Talk, a bi-weekly podcast where oncologists discuss the latest cancer news, produced by Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Our host is Dr. Gilberto Lopes, a recognized leader and director of global oncology at Sylvester, and a renowned medical oncologist specializing in lung cancer. Welcome to our new episode of Cancer Docs Talk. I'm Gilberto Lopes, your host, and today we have Dr. John Trent as our guest. Dr. John Trent leads our efforts at the Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center on sarcoma and precision medicine. John, welcome. Thanks, Gilberto. It's great to be here. We had a great uh, ASCO meeting this year, and that was no different for sarcomas and precision medicine, so I'd love for you to start by telling us what you see as the highlights for sarcomas and precision medicine and, and what efforts we have ongoing at Sylvester about those two areas as well. Thank you, Gilberto. I, I really love the opportunity to discuss some of the exciting advances in the sarcoma world, particularly some of the accomplishments that we are uh, making here at Sylvester in the sarcoma program. I'd like to start by discussing a study that was uh, performed out of the Alliance, a multi-institutional study for patients with a type of sarcoma called desmoid tumor. Interestingly, the partial response rate for desmoid tumor patients treated with serafinib was 33%. But fascinatingly, the spontaneous regression rate was 20% in patients who received placebo. That's fascinating. Yeah, that may seem unusual in the carcinoma world, but it's a real entity in patients with desmoid tumor. That's why we don't treat anybody with desmoid tumor at Sylvester unless we see that they have a progressive tumor because there is some probability, around 20%, that a patient may experience spontaneous regression of their tumor and not need treatment at all which is always excellent as you can avoid the side effects from treatments. And how does serafinib fit in our standard of care now? Yeah, really that, that with desmoid tumor, it really depends on what the goals are. If one needs shrinkage of the tumor, serafinib is a reasonable choice because that occurs about a third of the time. Chemotherapy with a doxorubicin-based regimen such as doxorubicin decarbazine or doxel induces regression of the tumor about 65% of the time with more side effects. Um, Although serafinib is not side effect free, but less so than an anthracycline-based regimen. And then there are therapies such as tamoxifen, Solindac, Celebrex, that may also uh, induce some regression, but really it's only in the 10 to to 20% range. Which all underscores how we really need to evaluate on a patient-by-patient basis and truly individualize um, our therapy options. Yeah, there was another, that's exactly right, and and that's where uh, visiting, for instance, Sylvester, where there's a multidisciplinary setting allows us really to tailor to the individual patients patient's tumor. Excellent. What else did you see in the sarcoma world that merits mentioning and discussion? Yeah, there was also a multi-institutional study uh, for patients with osteosarcoma led by the French Sarcoma Group, and this study called the Rego Bone Study looked at patients with refractory osteosarcoma and randomized them to either regorafenib 
or to a placebo. The median progression-free survival with regorafenib was 16.4 weeks, so somewhere around four months. And with placebo, it was only four weeks or a month. So that really provided a three-month progression-free advantage to treatment with regorafenib, which is a reasonably well-tolerated tyrosine kinase inhibitor, especially for these patients with osteosarcoma who have been treated with high-dose chemotherapy, including doxorubicin, ifosfamide, cisplatinum, high-dose methotrexate. Uh, so it was really a, a good option for these patients. Excellent. Anything else on the sarcoma world? Well, would you like to talk a little bit about our efforts and what investigators at Sylvester presented in Chicago? Yeah, so there's, um, to segue into that, there was one other study to, to discuss in the, in the sarcoma space, and that is this new tyrosine kinase inhibitor uh, named enlotinib. And enlotinib was looked at in a variety of different soft tissue sarcomas in this phase two study. Interestingly, patients with leiomyosarcoma, synovial sarcoma, and alveolar soft part sarcoma were the patients who seemed to benefit from, from this agent. And that has led to a phase three study of which Sylvester is uh, the, one of the lead sites, um, particularly based on the work um, with a similar TKI and immunotherapy uh, performed by Dr. Breland Wilkie, and she was the PI of the phase three registration study for synovial sarcoma, leiomyosarcoma, and alveolar soft part sarcoma at Sylvester. What is the target of this tyrosine kinase inhibitor? Yeah, enlotinib is a multi-targeted tyrosine kinase inhibitor that targets uh, VEGF receptor, FGF receptor, uh, a number of receptor TKIs. Thank you, John. So now we have a number of different TKIs. How do we actually choose? And we also have a PDGF uh, receptor inhibitor as well that has come into the momentarium sarcoma. So how do we actually choose now that we have a wealth of choice, at least for patients with refractory disease? Very good question, Gilberto. And so our approach at the sarcoma program at Sylvester uh, for patients, particularly with synovial sarcoma, leiomyosarcoma, and alveolar soft part sarcoma, is to enroll them in one of our clinical trials once they have, once their tumors have grown and have become resistant to standard therapy. We always use standard therapy in a clinical trial setting when possible, but once those options uh, are no longer available, then we have a number of clinical trials for, for patients with these histologies such as the enlotinib versus decarbazine trial. We also have a exitinib plus pembrolizumab trial, as well as several immunotherapy trials against CTLA-4, PD-1, PDL one for our sarcoma patients. Um, so that's generally what, what we would, our, our approach would be for this subset of patients. Now, we do also have standard of care Votriant or Pazopanib. Pazopanib, although, although they've not been compared head-to-head, Pazopanib and Enlotinib seem to have fairly similar activity in these two patient populations. So our approach would be to take advantage of the clinical trial while it's available because the clinical trial may not be available to our patients in the future. 
very exciting and that's a reminder of how we can actually serve not just our patients but also our medical community in South Florida by making these clinical trials available not just for the patients who see us at Sylvester but for those of our colleagues who are serving our community in clinics outside of our cancer center as well. Um, thinking of precision medicine, what are the big highlights that you can tell us from ASCO for our precision medicine initiatives in Chicago? Yeah, so we did, we, um, we did have a, several sarcoma precision med and precision medicine presentations at ASCO 2018. One of the presentations was in a type of sarcoma called gastrointestinal stromal tumor also known as GIST. GIST is driven by mutation in KIT, PDGF receptor, RAF, FGF receptor, uh, a number of other signaling pathway mutations, many of which are tyrosine, kinase, uh, tyrosine kinases. These mutations are increasingly detectable by the circulating tumor DNA or the so-called liquid biopsy. So we looked at a subset of 184 gastrointestinal stromal tumor or GIST patients and obtained plasma um, to test for mutations. The panel that we use is supplied by Gardent Health, Gardent 360, uh, which is composed of 73 different genes, but also includes translocations as well as uh, gene amplification and we were able to detect abnormalities uh, in a, a good percentage of the GIST patients uh, and we were also able to look at our subset of 32 patients treated here at Sylvester. What we found was that the, uh, the, the um, sensitivity was only 56% but the specificity of a liquid biopsy using circulating tumor DNA was 100% in our patients giving 100 uh, a positive predictive value of 100% also in this population such that if you do find a mutation in a patient with GIST you're almost virtually ensured that that mutation is the driver mutation in that individual patient's tumor. This becomes very important in selecting subsequent therapies in patients who become imatinib resistant because there are a number of different secondary driver mutations that um, not only provide resistance to imatinib but have differential sensitivity to other subsequent therapies. For instance, an exon 13 secondary mutation would be sensitive, predicted to be sensitive to sunitinib, whereas exon 17 would be resistant. On the other hand, exon 17 resistant mutation would be resistant to sunitinib but could be inhibited by some of the newer agents such as avapritinib, DCC2618, the Plexicon uh, agent, as well as off-label therapy with panatinib. In this uh, presentation, we showed a patient who was sent to hospice with an exon 17 secondary mutation that we detected in circulating tumor DNA, treated him uh, off-label with panatinib, and found that he had a striking response to therapy that was durable for two and a half years. And, uh, and he's still doing well today. That's an amazing result, and it clearly uh, shows that this study helps us start on the path of making liquid biopsies a new option 
for patients that have GIST who become resistant. Um, any other updates in our efforts in precision medicine? I do remember that you mentioned you're going to be discussing an abstract in relationship of using precision medicine and our efforts to increase the representation of patients from minority ethnic groups um, into having genetic testing, genomic testing of their tumors. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you for that question, Gilberto. At Sylvester, we have a clinical trial that is really an observational study collecting data on next generation sequencing from patients in our catchment area sponsored by a grant from the Community Foundation of Broward. And this allows us to provide testing for patients who may not have access to testing otherwise. For instance, they may not have uh, insurance, they may not have the right insurance that allows testing, uh, or, or they just may not have, have, have the access or the knowledge about the testing. So that what this clinical trial term depict has allowed our investigators and treating physicians at Sylvester and in our community know that we have this protocol to provide testing to patients as well as track outcomes. One of the outcomes that we found was that there is a higher than expected percentage of minorities who obtain testing through this clinical um, protocol. In fact, we found that 56% of the patients who we were able to test uh, were of a minority background. That's a really interesting finding, especially important for our catchment area and the populations we serve down here in South Florida. John, we're approaching the end of our time. Is there anything else that you'd like to highlight for our program today? Um, yeah, I, I guess the other exciting presentation uh, at ASCO was a combination tyrosine kinase inhibitor, exitinib, which targets VEGF receptor on the endothelial cell, as well as PDGF receptor on the endothelial cell and the tumor cell, used in combination with pembrolizumab, which is a PDL1 inhibitor. So this is really a trial who the PI is, is Breland Wilkie, where this combination is not only targeting the tumor with a kinase inhibitor, but ta targeting the vasculature through VEGF receptor inhibition, as well as activating the immune system through PDL1. This is an exciting trial that has shown uh, over 50% response rate for patients with some sarcoma type, such as alveolar soft part sarcoma, for which there is no known effective therapy. That's very exciting, and of course, this is something that truly, uh, hopefully, will become a new treatment for patients that we treat not just here, but elsewhere. And I am sure that we will bring you and Dr. Wilkie back to this program so that we can hear you guys discussing these in a little bit more detail as well. That brings us to the end of our Cancer Docs Talk episode this week. Uh, thank you for listening, and I hope to have you guys with us in our next episode as well. Thank you, and thank you, John. Thank you, Gilberto. You have been listening to Cancer Docs Talk with Dr. Gilberto Lopes, Associate Director of Global Oncology at Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. We hope you'll join us next time for an update on the latest cancer news.